You're listening to the ESPN Radio 94.1 podcast page, accelerated by Sports Innovation X. Six is bridging the gap between tech, athletes, and teams. Check them out at sportsinnovationx.com. Live from Hampton Roads in the heart of the 757, it's the Tim Donnelly Show on Priority Auto Sports Radio 94.1. He is absolutely ludicrous. Now he's, he's let's start. Let's get it out of the way. Disclaimers, whatever you want to call it. Caleb Williams is really, really talented at playing football. If you put his top ten throws from his college football career thus far, you can put him up against anybody. We're talking running full speed down the line, throwing across his body to small windows. Like it's, it's fun, right? It's it's a good time. But I do want to ask this, and this is something about the transfer portal that I haven't heard asked yet, and, it, and that right there is an accomplishment of itself because, it, it, I mean, everything about the transfer portal has been talked about every which way. Has anyone asked how the transfer portal will impact top prospects' mindsets going into the draft? Caleb Williams told People Magazine, I like to be around younger coaches. I'd probably go with the, He was asked where he wanted to end up in the NFL. Uh, here is the the quote. I like to be around younger coaches. I'd probably go to the Dolphins. I also would be able to play with Tyreek Hill, Jalen Waddle, Mike Gesicki. The defense isn't bad. That's probably my number one spot. Close quote. He doesn't get to pick. At least up until now, there's only been two that I can remember that even got to steer themselves at all. That's John Elway and Eli Manning. And it's not like they said, I want to play for this team. They simply said, I don't want to play for the team that has the number one overall pick. Who else? Anyone else is essentially their their kind of their mindset there. And they both ended up forcing their way, right? Uh, Elway away from the Colts to the Broncos and, and Eli away from the Chargers to the Giants and both went on to win two Super Bowls. So it, it worked out, but also that's different than saying, I want to play for Miami. But think about like if you are Eli or if you are Elway or if you are from those generations, guess what? You committed to play for a college and you likely – we're stuck there for four years, right? If you were very, very unbelievably unhappy, you could go through a very, very, very thorough process to transfer and sit out a year, and then maybe you could end up something on the other side. But Caleb Williams was at Oklahoma. Didn't like how it was going to set him up for the future. His coach left, a couple guys graduated. He was like, you know what? This isn't the best for me. So he left. That w- That wasn't... And he played right away at USC the next year. And oh, by the way, he brought in, what, two transfer running backs with him, four transfer receivers, including the best wide receiver in the entire country from the previous year, who had just won the Bolitnikoff Award as the number one wide receiver. Hmm. Isn't that kind of the same thing, that same mindset that... Eli had going into the draft in 04. 
I could go to the Chargers. It looks like I'm a Charger. I'm going to be the number one overall pick, but I don't like the way that sets me up for the future. So I'd like to go to this other team who has better players around me that can set me up for better success. It's the same thing. It's just a college version of it. Caleb Williams is saying I'm eyeing Miami as a place for me to end up next year. What is the point of even making that judgment if it's 10 years ago? You don't rank them. Right? You just say, I'm trying to be the highest draft pick I can, and I hope that, that a good team ends up drafting me. You go where you are drafted. Because guess what? If you didn't have to go where you were drafted, do you think any of, like, have you seen, we've all seen it, the picture of the, the Browns jersey with all those quarterbacks on the back, right? It had Brady Quinn, Brandon Whedon. It had, uh, the, uh, I don't know why, um, Derek Anderson's popping in my head. Jason Campbell's popping into my head. There's a McCown, maybe two McCowns. Who knows? There, there's all the none of those guys that, especially the ones that were drafted highly, would have ended up with the Browns. None of them. So what? It, like, but guess what? They had to because that was the moment they were in. They probably didn't realize the 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 power they had. They probably didn't realize the leverage they had. And I don't even know, like, Caleb Williams is as good of a prospect as we've seen in a while, right? He is one of those guys who, at Radio Row for the Super Bowl, it was brought up multiple times, people saying, you know, the next draft is the one with the guy. This, the, the next draft is the one with Caleb Williams. That's the guy. That's the guy. That's the guy. So maybe he has enough leverage to say, you know what? My mindset is, if it's not set up for me, I force my way to somewhere that's set up for me. That's how I ended up at Oklahoma. That's how I ended up at, at USC. So why would I change my mindset now? It's working out. Right? It's almost like you're being trained by, by going to a, a college and having to stay there for four or five years. That's like your, your lesson in, hey, wherever you get drafted, you're going to have to tough it out. By the way, then we'll just we'll add this in there. Caleb Williams is obviously talking without doing all of the research. Uh, because he he mentioned, I'll read it again. I would also be able to play with Tyreek Hill, Jalen Waddle, and Mike Gesicki. Uh Mike Gesicki is a free agent, and he's not going back to Miami. If you want to play with him, you might have to get there and then tell Miami to trade for him <laughs> to get him back from wherever he is. And Gesicki said as much. He retweeted out the, the, the quote, and he said, Hey, Caleb, I don't know what they told you, but am I going to be here in 2024? I'm just asking because I want to know what to do with my apartment lease. Like that guy's on the way out. So the like, I'm not, I don't want to put this on Caleb. Like he's sitting there weighing all of the teams and deciding which team he wants to go to. It just seems crazy that he would even answer the question, right? Think about how even a couple years ago, like Trevor Lawrence would have answered that question. Where do you want to play next year? What would he have said? Well, whoever, whoever gets drafted by, I'm going to go and do in. And what I can tell you is they're going to get someone that is dedicated to winning. And it would have been a blah, 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 right? It would have been exactly the, the carbon cutout, nice, put-together answer. Caleb Williams said, oh, who would I like to play for? I want a younger coach. Uh, my Miami sounds like fun. It's like, what? Did you just answer that question? Did you just... Give us an honest answer to that question. Normally, we have to, to hide that question amongst a bunch of other things to see if we can't sneak it into an answer. Do you just reference a tight end that's not even going to be there? What is going on? Let's be real. Your options? Houston, Washington, 
Like the teams that are going to be at the top of the draft are your options. Arizona, maybe. Like the 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 although they have Kyler, I know, but hey, crazier things have happened. Caleb will just ask him to leave. Um your options aren't going to be the Dolphins unless they really stink this year, in which case you won't be playing for the younger coach there. There was there was talk that they had to make the playoffs. They had to win, whatever, week 18. The Dolphins had to win or else Mike McDaniel would have been on the hot seat. If they're in position to draft you next year, McDaniel will not be the coach. So maybe it'll be full college redo. They'll go get Lincoln Riley, and then Caleb Williams will just follow him wherever he goes. Oklahoma, Caleb uh, Caleb Williams there with with Lincoln Riley. USC, Caleb Williams is there with Lincoln Riley. The Dolphins. Let's let's start painting that. Let's get that into the People Magazine article. By the way, shout out to People Magazine for breaking sports news. Doesn't seem like that happens often. Uh, I promised a giveaway during the last uh, last segment, and then I completely forgot about it. Robbie reminded me during the commercial break, so we'll do it right now. Jelly Roll. With special guests, Ashley McBride, Struggle Jennings, and Josh Adam Myers at Veterans United Home Loans Amphitheater, Saturday, August 12th. We have a pair of tickets to give away. It is Jelly Roll with special guests, Ashley McBride, Struggle Jennings, and Josh Adam Myers for Saturday. Saturday, you know, I love a Saturday concert. You can plan your whole week around it. Uh, Right here in the area at Veterans United Home Loans Amphitheater, August 12th. Uh, Caller number four gets the tickets. Four. That's 757-687-9494. That is 757-687-9494. This is going to be one of my my, uh, favorite conversations coming up next. Aaron Rodgers is out of the darkness. That is literal, but not figurative yet, okay? He is out of the literal darkness, meaning he he has left his darkness retreat, uh, but we are still in the dark on where he is going to end up playing next year or if he is going to end up playing next year. We try to shine light on the topic. Yeah, I'm all in on the light metaphor right now. We're going to try to shine light on the topic. Coming up next, stick around. Studying film or setting up the game plan. He has football covered from under center. The Tim Donnelly Show on Priority Auto Sports Radio 94.1. This is an interesting little ditty coming out of break. It's called Under the Cover of Darkness. Oh, so it's topical. I didn't even realize. Very, very topical. Aaron Rodgers is out of the darkness, but also as he's he's bursting into the sunlight, uh, have the brakes been thrown down on Aaron Rodgers' trip out of Green Bay? Right up to this point, I mean, we've seen some insiders even say that that members of the Packers were disgusted with with Aaron Rodgers. And that's like once you hear disgusted, I mean, that's a, a relationship ender, right? Disgusted. Well, Jeff Darlington throwing a big old break on that. So before we get to the actual darkness retreat, let's see if we can shine some light on just the, the Rogers situation in general. Darlington on Get Up conversation I had with a very important Green Bay Packers source who quite honestly believes that Aaron Rodgers will be back with the Packers and that all of this is being overhyped. He looks Mm. at the contract that Aaron Rodgers signed last year, the commitment that he gave to the team, and believes that at the end of the day, Aaron Rodgers will be back with the Packers. Okay. Okay. Now, first of all, definite possibility. Like, let's not get carried away. Second of all, Anytime a leak like this comes out, what do I what do I always say we have to do? Figure out who it benefits, right? Who does this leak benefit? And then who is this leak? Let's let's so let's let's think about it. The source, Jeff Darlington called a very important 
Packers. Source. A very important Packers source. Says that Aaron Rodgers will be back with the Packers this season. Okay. Who does it benefit? Well, guess what? It benefits the Packers. So a very important Packers source just happens to be telling you what exactly benefits the Packers. Think there could be some mixed interests there, right? If the market isn't isn't a wide market, right? If there's not teams lined up to trade for Aaron Rodgers, what do they have to do? They have to build some kind of urgency by saying, we don't have to trade him. We actually think he's going to be back. Weren't you disgusted with him a second? I We expect him to be back. So you better knock our socks off with your next trade offer or your first trade offer. Now, if if suddenly there's a a uh, leak that says, well, there's almost nobody interested in Aaron Rodgers, that would likely be coming from one of the teams that wants Aaron Rodgers, which happened earlier. Remember Albert Breer, Sports Illustrated? He went on the Ryan Rossillo podcast and said the market is so shallow for Aaron Rodgers that it might not even take a first round pick to get him. Do you think this leak might be a reaction to that leak? I would guess so. I think they heard that and said, whoa, whoa, whoa. Uh, what can we leak to uh, to shift that? What if we tell everyone we expect them to stay? I like it. Who should we tell? Darlington will repeat it on national television. Perfect. Who should it come from? A very important Packers source. Beautiful. Love it. Let's do that. Ready, break. It's all negotiation. Just like everything and every player against team is a negotiation, everything team against team is a negotiation. Everything has a purpose. If they didn't have a reason to talk, they wouldn't, right? Like, as much as the Packers, I'm sure, you know, think Jeff Darlington's a nice guy, they don't care if Jeff Darlington gets scoops or not, right? You you can just keep your mouth shut, and if Jeff Darlington has to go on get up and say, I haven't heard anything, the Packers don't care. If they're giving him some piece of information, it's because they want the people to know some piece of information. Now, sometimes when I say the people, I mean like everybody, all of the fans. Sometimes there's one specific person they want to hear it. In this case, it's probably one specific person. And that would be whoever's the most likely to give, whatever GM is out there most likely to give the most picks for Aaron Rodgers. Now, let's get to the darkness retreat. Aaron Rodgers emerged from his darkness retreat yesterday. Now, I can do math. Basic, right? I, I, I can take my shoes off and count up to 20. Um, he went in on Monday. He came out on Wednesday. That's at the most, if you, you depending on how you count days, three days. He said he was going in for four. I'm not sure if he didn't make it, but... When he was describing his darkness retreat, he did say you can leave anytime you want. It's not like they lock the door and say you have to stay. So maybe after three days, he said, you know what? I've had whatever clarity I need to find. Or he said, this is ridiculous. I, I feel ridiculous and I'm going home. But when in Monday, came out Wednesday. Uh, in an ESPN article, uh, they talked with the the person that runs Sky Cave Retreats in Oregon, which is where he was, which is where Aaron Rodgers was. The gentleman's name is Scott Berman, who... I just, I just like to imagine is, is like Boomer's son. I was about to say it's his second cousin. Yeah, just I, I like to imagine it's just he's in there and he, and he's like, so what's going to happen is you're going to go into this sky cave and you're going to rumbling, bumbling, stumbling uh, around because it's dark in there and and you you're know, gonna feel like you're gone. Yeah, 
Back, 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 back. Gone. If you if you uh, if you're looking for food, it's just gonna slip right in a little slot. Whoop. That's just how I like to imagine it. Uh, Chris Berman's son would be that whole joke. Uh, I don't know if that's true or not. I have no idea if there's any relation. Um, but either way, Scott Berman of Sky Cave Retreats said the room in which Rogers spent his time is a partially underground hobbit-like structure with 300 square feet of space devoid of light with a queen bed, a bathroom, and a meditation-like mat on the floor. Now, that's kind of what I was expecting, right? That sounds like a darkness retreat until I heard this. Uh, Food was delivered and it is fully powered. So at any point, the lights can be turned on from inside the room and there are no locks uh, from the inside or to block someone from the inside. So this is a darkness retreat that can have lights, electricity, and you can leave anytime you want. It sounds a bit like one of those boutique Airbnbs that is designed to give you the Lord of the Rings experience. 300 square feet with running water and a bathroom and food. I was in New York City a couple of weeks ago, and I mean that's, a, that's essentially the hotel room I stayed in. We did have a window, but it was backed up into an alley. Like I saw another building. Might as well not have been there. Aaron Rodgers went on what some people would consider a vacation and called it a darkness retreat. I, I, my aunt and uncle, when I was growing up, they had a room in their basement. That had no windows. Best sleep you'll ever get. Right? Like all of the cousins that were were like visiting. We would fight over sleeping in that room. Because I mean you could wake up. It could be 2 o'clock in the afternoon. It could be 2 in the morning. You had no clue. Sleep until you wake up. It was glorious. That's where he went. To find clarity. For two and a half days. After an NFL football season. He probably just slept. Woke up. Felt around like Mr. Magoo, ate some food, used the bathroom, went back to sleep on his queen bed. Had a queen bed. I don't. I thought he was going to be sleeping on like a sh- straw. I thought this was going to be like a like a sty or a manger of some kind. At the most, like a cot. Dude had a queen bed and food delivered. If I had to guess, the the bit of clarity he found was. We better keep playing football because if I don't, I'm going to have way more time to do ridiculous stuff like this, and I can't fill my day with these weird darkness retreats. In the article, it did say that uh, Scott Berman of Sky Cave Retreats, he uh, recently saw a huge uptick in bookings for these darkness retreats. Do you know how much it is? I tried to find a... They have... So this this little company, they also have more traditional like just wilderness cabins where... Just if you want to be secluded, right? Like no cell phone service, but you're like walking out, going on hikes and you have food and and windows and everything. That was like 1200 a day. But I don't know about these little underground caves that I can't imagine have any upkeep. Um, But he, he did say they have three of the darkness retreat rooms and he's building seven more because they're booked up for like years in advance now that Aaron Rodgers has done it. Smart man. How do you build? You just dig a hole and say, there you go. That's the Aaron Rodgers cave. I don't know. I, I that it it confuses me. But hey, to each their own. You have fun, Aaron Rodgers. Do you think it was fun? I want to talk to him about it. If any of you have ever been on a darkness retreat, 757-687-9494. Text in your thoughts.
text in 757-687-9494. It's the Dream Lawns text line. I also want to know what kind of food he was served. I know that I'm, everyone's assuming it's just like slop that they're just going to feed him. Oh, I assume you know, he ordered. You think I assume, so? I assume you got a, you're like checking beforehand? the menu. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. I assume so. I mean, I don't think it's like the best. It probably, it, well, it had to be finger food. Right. Because you're eating pure darkness unless you flip the switch and turn the light on. There's no way they're putting people in a dark room for three days and giving them sharp utensils to, to mess around with at any point. True. That's actually a good point. I'm sorry. There's uh, just not. That's a fantastic point. It, it had to be finger food. What if it was just like like stadium food? He got like a, ba- a, a basket of, of chicken tenders with fries with no place to put the ketchup. So you just got to dump it on top and be messy. And then he's sitting there just messy the rest of the time. Sticky fingers in the dark. Goodness gracious, that'll drive you crazy. Comes out, I'm going to the Raiders. Tim Donnelly Show, <laughs> Priority Auto Sports Radio, 94.1. Uh, the Rockets owner, NBA owner, the, the Rockets, Tillman Fertitta, he said the part that normally you keep quiet in private, out loud, during Mardi Gras, he shouted it at a news station. We'll have that audio coming up for you next. Your life is busy. We know you can't keep track of everything in the sports world. We promise to only bring you the important stuff. The Tim Donnelly Show on Priority Auto Sports Radio 94.1. Tim Donnelly, Priority Auto Sports Radio 94.1. I don't know if this is true, but a texter from the 757 said they've never done the darkness retreat, but you can watch YouTube videos from the Sky Cave spot, and you can see everything they do and eat. That's that. That's creepy. I don't. First of all, doesn't that kind of defeat the purpose of them doing? Like, if there's a camera in their face, like I always think, like when uh, uh, like Bear Grylls is like, oh, I'm gonna go on a a, a quest across the Arctic. It's like, well, you're talking to a camera. That would make that would make me feel much more sane than being by myself. If I knew, like, all right, I gotta produce some content. I gotta look into the camera. I gotta talk to the audience. Even if I was just carrying a camera with me and doing it myself, like that, that would give me something to do. Which I think is probably the hardest part of sitting in these darkness retreats is just knowing that you have nothing to do. You're just going to sit there and think. You and your thoughts. Dangerous place. But also, and this is not a, a shot at the the texter. We appreciate you for passing along the information. But what's weirder? Doing a darkness retreat or watching the video of someone else's darkness retreat? Like, I don't... I don't <laughs> I don't, my first thought when I saw the text was, oh, we should watch them. And my second thought was, no, we should definitely not watch them. I don't know. It's, it's a, hey, there, there's, there's something for everybody out there. Uh, internet is a crazy place. Tim Donnelly show priority auto sports radio, 94.1 rockets owner, the owner of the Houston rockets, Tillman Fertitta was at Mardi Gras. And it looked like he was participating in Mardi Gras. If you know what I mean, he had his face painted. There were beads involved. Okay, and he was interviewed by the local media. It was KPRC 2 News in Houston. And, uh, well, let's play the end of that interview for you. Uh, I know you have your family here. How are they all doing? It's great. Everybody just had a wonderful time last night and uh, and now again tonight. And after this, we get to go back to the boat and then get to go to another after party. Okay, well, I know we're not going to talk business, so I'll just say go Rockets. Hey, absolutely. Okay. We, we got, thank God we got 10 days off. Okay. Thanks so <laughs> Pray much. Pray for Victor. <laughs> what was that? Did he say pray for Victor? 
Now, if you don't know who Victor is, that might be like uh, a nondescript little add-on, right? Maybe he has a friend then that's in a tough spot and he's asking for prayers for somebody. No, 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 no. Brichter, Brichter. That's hopefully he's not a bad shooter because Brichter just just rolled off the tongue there completely unintentionally. Victor Wambanyama seems to be the realest of real deals when it comes to NBA prospects. He's like seven twelve. He runs like a deer. He he cuts like a guard. He shoots like a shooting guard. He blocks shots like a big. He does everything, and he seems to be kind of cool too. Like it's not it's all not really run into his head I, again. Seems like the realest of real deals. He is going into this upcoming draft. Even LeBron James. LeBron James said, we call a lot of people unicorns. This guy's got to have his own thing. We should call him an alien. To which I said, hey, hold up. We we talk about aliens here. We're not, not putting him there yet. But LeBron is, is giving him that kind of credit. So the, the owner of the Houston Rockets just told everyone to pray for Victor. Which is another way to say... We're tanking. We are tanking. We want to be one of the three teams with the worst records in the league, so we have a 14% chance at getting Victor Wimbanyama, and then we're going to hope that the the spirits that be take care of us and our ping-pong balls come out correctly. Now, an owner never says it like that. An owner never acknowledges like that. Never. But it was Mardi Gras. It was a little bit of truth, truth, truth juice out there, I would assume. A little bit of the party in the atmosphere. He was getting ready to go back to a boat of some kind to keep the party going. And, and it's, it just it kind of snuck into the conversation, right? You know, the, the Mardi Gras words, normal time thoughts type of deal, right? Normally, he would think that and he wouldn't say it. But it's Mardi Gras. Let's get a little crazy. Now, here's the funny part. It's not a bad strategy. Like, if you're the Houston Rockets, the fastest way to get from where you are now to contending is likely getting a little lucky and getting the chance to draft Victor Wembanyama. Because in the NBA, as soon as you get one of those players, guess what? Other people want to play with you. Right? As soon as you get one of those that everybody sees and says, that is a really, really talented player that can make this team good for a long time, there's a bunch of other really, really good players that say, I want to be on a good team for a really long time, that suddenly are forcing trades to come play with you. Or are forcing trades from the teams they're on saying, you know what? These four teams I would be traded to, and you're on the list. Houston is on nobody's list right now. Trust me. When KD said, I want to be traded, he didn't say, uh, I'd go to Phoenix, I'd go to Boston, or I'd go to Houston. It wasn't there. Even someone like CJ McCollum was like, I'll go to the Pelicans. They have Zion. That's interesting. He didn't say, I'll go to Houston and figure it out. So it's not a bad strategy. It's, it's, not, it's not even bad for the owner to be thinking like that. The problem with saying it publicly is the players hear you. The problem with saying it publicly is the coaches hear you. If the owner says it, then they're like, why are, why are we even trying? He doesn't want to win. We don't want to get embarrassed. I think I just tweaked my hammy. Should I put up this jumper? Should I play hard defense? Or should I relax a little? Should I go out the night before a game and enjoy Mardi Gras like my owner is with face paint and beads involved? Or should I go in early, get to sleep, get my rest, so I'll be ready to go play a game tomorrow that even our owner doesn't want to win? 
How do I know I own, our owner doesn't want to win it? Because he told KPRC2 News. The first thing I'm doing, if I'm a Houston Rocket, when I see that, if I have any kind of standing with the team, if I'm the last guy on the bench, you just kind of got to be like, eh, what are you going to do? But uh, if I have any kind of standing on that team, I'm going into the head coach or the GM tomorrow, and I'm saying, all right, if we get Victor, am I part of the plan? If we don't get Victor, am I a part of the plan? I want to know where I stand in this organization because obviously your plans for this organization don't involve our team this year. So do where am I on this team in the future? Because if it's if I'm not there, guess what I'm doing for the rest of this season? I'm getting mine, right? I'm I'm walking away averaging 23 and and on on 47 shots a game. Like I am getting mine because then somebody will pay me this offseason and and I, I gotta look out for me. You're looking out for you. I get it. You're looking out for the team. It makes sense. It's great. You want Victor Wembanyama? Guess what? I want Victor Wembanyama. I want to play with that guy. But if you're not gonna have me around after we tank this year, I'm gonna take care of me. And and ISO, ISO, clear out, clear out. Cook them. Watch what I do. Tim Donnelly Show, Priority Auto Sports Radio 94.1. How crazy is that? An owner screamed, pray for a prospect the during the All-Star break. Like, this isn't two weeks to play. We are currently, the All-Star break ends tonight. He was screaming, pray for a prospect. And they've got a bunch of, like, top five picks on their roster. It's not like, it's not like they don't have a reason to be excited about the future. Jalen Green's on that roster. They have a couple guys. Tim Donnelly Show, Priority Auto Sports Radio 94.1. We start a new snake draft. Coming up next. Snake draft, snake draft, snake draft, snake draft. Ah! It's the Snake Bit Snake Draft on the Tim Donnelly Show on Priority Auto Sports Radio 94.1. We're starting anew. But first, let's put a uh, a date. Let's put let's put the the details on our previous snake draft. So uh, all football season, we were drafting touchdown scores in our snake draft and keeping a running tally. I won. That means Robbie did not win. And uh, if you do not win at the snake draft, you uh, the the agreed upon punishment was you have to eat the hottest hot wings that we could possibly find. We've decided to do that at our draft party. Every year we throw a pretty big draft party for the first round of the NFL draft. Uh, Robbie will eat the hot wings at the hottest temperature at the draft party. So if you want to see it, you want to experience it, you want to uh, heckle him from the crowd, you'll have to come to the draft party. Or show support. You don't have to heckle. Yeah, but You can show support. Come on. It's a competition thing. You can't lose and be supported. Of course you can. Either way, you want to support him, or if you want to, to, to heckle from the crowd, that'll be at our draft party. So it, it, there'll be a little bit of a delay, but he will have to, to pay the consequences. In the meantime, we're starting anew. Um, we still have to decide what the punishment's going to be. We've been going back and forth. We've gotten the texts. You guys really like us to eat disgusting things. Like, we, we asked for suggestions on the text line, and all of them were like, a cup of mustard, or the other person gets picked five ingredients, and you have to put it in a blender. And I'm just like, that's that's different than hot wings. Hot wings are at least, yeah, we're not trying to vomit on yeah. the air, folks. So I don't know. We might end up singing a song or something. We'll, we'll see. Um, but first, to explain the new snake draft, when it's not football season, we're going to continue with snake drafts. Um, 
and I was thinking it has to be easy to follow. The beauty of the first version of the snake draft competition was one touchdown equaled one point. It was so easy to keep track of, and I was like, what in what in basketball is easy to keep track of? I didn't want the score to be like 2,000 to 1,700, which like if you just pick five scores a night, it would be a ton. So some were suggesting like every 10 points equals one point, but then you're doing math and, and I don't like any of that. So I was like, wins, wins. That's the simplest thing to track. So, and it transitions across sports. So for the next version of the snake draft, until we get back to football season, um, we're just picking winners. So you pick a team to win on the day you're doing the draft. Okay. It could be a uh, NBA team, could be a major league baseball team. Pro team has to win. That's all we're going with. So tonight, obviously, there'll be a lot of NBA games because we're coming out of the All-Star game. Uh, baseball hasn't started off up yet, but but that counts. And along the way, like if we want to get to the NCAA tournament and, and we want to start throwing things in, we'll agree upon all of that. But for right now, for today, NBA teams to win. If your team wins, you get a point. If they lose, no points. Robbie, who's going first? Tim, since you won <laughs> the first snake draft... You have the honors. Okay. Um, give me the Celtics over the Pacers. Uh, I just, I'm a big, and I don't like this because I'm a Sixers fan. I think the Celtics are pretty good. Um, and uh, consequentially, consequent, I'm not even going to try to say that again. I don't think the Pacers are very good also, so I think that's a good good matchup. Give me the Celtics. I like it. I had them on my list. Obviously, you know, you kind of have so to have teams, all of yeah. them on the list. Well, like you could pick the Pacers. That's you could fair. only have five games if you wanted to. Good point. My my first pick is going to be... Wait a second, be, wait a second, wait a second. Rule I just realized we need. You can't pick both teams in a matchup. That's fair. So that's I, fair. I can't pick the Celtics and the Pacers and guarantee myself one point. I, I agree upon that. My first pick is going to be Dallas over the Spurs. I think, you know, th- this new Dallas team is gelling pretty good. They're going to be such excited such a big Kyrie fan. Big Kyrie fan. No, I'm more of a Luka guy than anything else but then give me the uh, the Lakers over Golden State LeBron said this second half or the second third or whatever this post you know, all-star break there we go the post all-star break it's going to be a new team and and he said it's going to be different I want to see that tonight so give me LA over Golden State who doesn't have Steph yet so far so I think LA at home uh, the new Lakers give it to me you're calling them the new Lakers that's what you're calling them why not just the post-Russell Westbrook Lakers, the new Lakers, are they new and improved? Is the question. Um, I don't. This is more a pick against the Pistons. Give me the Magic. Um, I'm. I'm now again. I'm a big motivation narrative bet guy. I think the Pistons are praying for Victor Wembanyama. So, thus the Magic will be a okay. Gets uglier from here. Uh, out, the Pelicans still don't have Zion. Give me the Raptors. I, I, I'm less confident, but there you go. Give me Sacramento over Portland. I understand. Really? That. I know. I know. Uh, but, uh, but I think they're at home. They, they're, they've. This game likely might not surprise. get played. This game might not get played. I don't know if you've been following this. I've not. Uh, yesterday, the Blazers sat on the plane for seven hours. There's a snowstorm in Portland. Uh, Damian Lillard actually recorded like a minute and thirty music video of a rap that he wrote while waiting on the plane because they were on the plane forever now before everyone starts acting like the oh poor trailblazers them on a giant private plane for an entire team is not like if like we were on our 
you know, connecting flight to Atlanta for seven hours. They've got a little bit more space and food and all that kind of stuff. Enough to like film a music video and write a rap. Uh, but last I checked, and as of like a couple minutes ago, a couple hours ago, they are still in Portland and haven't taken off yet. And it's like a 90 minute flight. So I, I, I don't know if it'll get played. If, if it doesn't get played, like, and it's canceled until a long time, I think that has to be like a push. Okay, well then I will. I'm not. I'm going to stay away from that game. Is Although that okay? You are. You are welcome. Thank you. I, am, I, I, I appreciate am a it. Thank benevolent you. defending champ. I really appreciate it. So uh, my pick's going to be the 76ers for my third pick. Mm. They're playing Memphis. I think it's a. I think it's kind of a toss-up game. Both teams are very good. 76ers are at home, so I think they're the the more over. They're the more well-rounded team going into this game. And then this is the game that I kind of was. I was back and forth on. Give me Denver. Give me Denver over Cleveland. Again, they're on the road at Cleveland. I think we need to see. I want to see some flash from Joke from uh, Jokic this uh, this next third at post All Star game going into the the playoffs. And I think Denver needs to to start their their second half campaign with a good win against the Cavaliers. We're going to be on the opposite side for the first time. Give me the Cavs. Uh, I'm not a Jokic guy. I think he's good. He's very good. He's a one-time MVP in my book. Um, but I, I think the, the Cavs, Donovan Mitchell amongst them, very talented. Uh, and then give me the Jazz to wrap it up. The Jazz over the Thunder. Uh, again, the Thunder, I just think they're they're too young in the Jazz. I don't know. They have something going. I don't know what it is, but it's something. So go ahead and give me the Jazz. Then give me OKC. Give me OKC. So we're against, we're against each other in two games. Yep. Give me OKC against the Jazz. I think that, that game, again, another toss-up right back and forth. And I think OKC, and honestly, they're the last team left on my list. So, there you go. My, so we're just picking winners. I have the Celtics, Magic, Raptors, Cavs, and Jazz for tonight. Robbie has the Mavs, Lakers, Sixers, Nuggets, and OKC. We both avoided the game with the uh, the Trailblazers because I think they're still stuck in Portland. So thank you, Tim. Thank you. Uh, uh that also, picking against Portland might be the move. If they have to like land and go straight to the airport, could have gotten a free one. A little free bingo square. Uh, either way, that is the first of a new edition of the Snake Draft. We also have a giveaway. Let's do that very quickly here. Uh, the Australian Pink Floyd Show. It's a Pink Floyd cover band that is hailed as one of the most in-demand touring entities operating today. What should Jimmy G be looking for in his potential next team? I'll tell you coming up.